Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from August 20th, 1983, taped on August 17th, 1983 at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last, my pleasure to be with you once again, and of course joining me as he does each and every week from Booking the Territory. Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing good. I am still uh, laughing at what we talked about last week. I was watching the end of the Johnny Rich and Dr. Death match when I don't even remember the two guys' names that they wrestled just that quick. But uh, seriously, everybody, go back and watch that episode of Mid-South, which was August 13th, 1983. And you will literally see one of the funniest things you've ever seen in wrestling. Dr. Death football tackles one guy. Johnny Rich plants a drop kick into the chest of another guy and the guy that Johnny Rich drop kicks falls backwards and the guy that Dr. Death hits literally flips and does a leg drop on his own opponent. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen and Brian and I have been laughing uncontrollably off air a week later still. <laughs> it's that ridiculous how it was. So anyway, I am in it a Because it can't be replicated. No one else could ever do it. It's just perfect timing. Like the Young Bucks or any of these athletic wrestlers they couldn't mimic this if they tried. It's just perfect happenstance. This happened here. You've got these world-class gymnasts nowadays who do pro wrestling. I don't apologize for that statement. I'm sorry. It's just choreographed uh, gymnastics, it seems, in many instances. It's not a shot at anyone. It's just my personal feeling towards what some of the stuff I see. And you're right. Even with the choreographed gymnastics we see a lot of times in modern wrestling, you could not replicate what happened in that match with Dr. Death and Tommy Rich at the very end, where the one guy takes the bump, the other one takes a bump and flips and gives his own opponent a leg drop. It's tremendous. Tremendous. As uh, my friend Chris Zaha likes to say, tremendous. Oh, my God. Well, we have a tremendous episode of Mid-South Wrestling here for us, including the return of someone we have not seen since, I think, 1982, although he's been working in the office, but someone who will become a regular presence going forward. Jim Ross, back this week. A little shaky this week, but he is back with Mid-South Wrestling. Let's go to the show open. Boyd Pierce and Jim Ross, and they're going to immediately shoot to an interview following up on everything from last week with General Skandar Akbar and Hacksaw Butch Reed. Let's go to this. Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we have a lot of exciting action. We invite you to stay with us. It'll be headlined by Battle of the Hacksaws as Hacksaw Jim Dugan takes on... Hacksaw Butch Reed, uh, with a stipulation that if Hacksaw Dugan wins the match, he immediately gets General Skandor Akboy in the ring for five minutes alone, right here on television. Also, we have a lot of other action coming up. A man to tell us about it this week, the outstanding television personality, former Mid-South Wrestling referee, also former great referee for college football and basketball games, it's Jim Ross. Jim, we'd like for you to bring your wrestling knowledge to us here on Mid-South. We'll be looking forward to it. Right now, I believe that we, Grizzly Smith has something for us to see. Fill us in on the detail, if you will, please. 
Well, boy, of course, it's always a great pleasure to be back on the Mid-South Wrestling area. And everywhere I go, wrestling fans talk about Mid-South Wrestling and sports fans in general about the excitement here on Mid-South Wrestling. And one of the reasons that uh, Mid-South Wrestling is the number one television sports program in the country is because the matchmaker Grizzly Smith always brings the finest matches and the greatest competition right here to television so you fans can see the top main events. And we've got a top main event today. You mentioned the Battle of the Hacksaws. But uh, we had some comments recorded earlier by General Skandar Akbar. He had Bruce Reed with him. And these comments pertain directly to Jim Dugan, and they uh, pertain to today's card. Let's hear those comments now. Yes, today is your day, Duggan, just as I promised, hippie. If you can beat Butch Reed, you can get five minutes alone with the general any time. But you know, Duggan, I don't make bad investments. Just look at this Herculean physique. A man that's a North American champion, which means he's number one in all of Mid-South. And if you say my confidence reflects because I'm not even changing into any wrestling trunks. That's right. And if if you're mad enough, you can come in and tear it off. Now, if you do, by any freak of nature, we'll let Mid-South take a commercial break, and you can get five minutes head-to-head. -head. No referee in the ring. But that's not going to happen, Duggan. Hey, i tell you what, Skandar Akbar. You want it? You got it. Now, I'm going to tell you what, you are a businessman, and you know you want a high-priced job done, you got to pay for the high-priced equipment. And Jim Duggan, I'm the equipment, and I'm going to let my brick house body fall on you. Now, you heard General Skandar Akbar and Hacksaw Butch Reed regarding the match that will be coming up on this week's program. We also want to tell you that we find out later that the missing link does have a name. We'll also see the debut in Mid-South of a 300-pound outdoorsman from the northwest Minnesota in Crusher Darso. So we'll be looking forward to those things. Jim Ross, I forgot to tell you, is actively connected to the promotion in Mid-South Wrestling in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he'll be telling you with a great authority right now the first match is in the ring. Let's go for the introduction. Well, there it is, the show open. Boyd Pierce and Jim Ross, and of course, the interview with Skandar Akbar and Butch Reed, who accepts the offer to wrestle Hacksaw Duggan on behalf of Skandar Akbar. And if he loses, Akbar has to get five minutes in the ring, or Duggan gets five minutes in the ring with General Skandar Akbar. We also see the beginning of a show long trend where Jim Ross struggles to call Butch Reed Butch Reed. He calls him Bruce Reed throughout this show. A couple of times he corrects himself. But he does it here at the top of the show, and he does it throughout the show. What are your thoughts on the show open here? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about Bruce Reed, because he's going to do it the entire episode, so that we don't keep saying it. You, he says it all. <laughs> he just says it repeatedly. I'll also go back to what I said last week. Butch Reed, with that belt, and the hair perfect, and the sunglasses, and he's got, he doesn't have a suit on, but he's got the vest and the tie. He looks like a champion. He looks great. This might be my favorite Butch Reed. I don't know. But Butch looks great. And he's got the Arab oil man in his pocket. This is, like, Brian, when you, you know, you again, I always say it, the non-visuals. So I mentioned Reed's non-visuals. Akbar's got this cheesy grin, like, oh, I got you where I want you now, Duggan. You got to go up against my man. It's just, it's great all the way around. The non-visuals, the facials from, from Akbar, Reed looks great. I, I, I love it. And hey, last week I said at the end of the episode, you know, Watts plants the seed. He says, oh, we, we got to see what happens next week. Well, we, we got it here. It's happening this week. 
and we see it at the very top of the show. So guess what we got to do? We got to keep watching. We can't turn that dial. I do like, too, that because I guess Hacksaw Duggan has long hair and facial hair, Akbar is now calling him a hippie. <laughs> you know, like kind of like a thing that older people would do to anyone who was young with long hair, whether or not they were a hippie or not. All of a sudden, Duggan's a hippie. You hippie! I love it. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. We got our first match. Magnum TA and Steve Dr. Death Williams. Now, should bring up here, Magnum TA and Hacksaw Duggan right now are the tag team champions. But in this match, it's Magnum TA and Steve Dr. Death Williams versus Rip Rogers and Boris Zerkoff. Johnny Martinez, the referee. If you enjoy football talk, this is the match for you. Lots of talk from Jim Ross about the Oklahoma Outlaws potentially signing Steve Williams, and he's got his tickets on the 50. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike? I think you nailed it. I mean, JR with the football talk here is, I don't say over the top, but I mean, like you said, if you enjoy football talk, you'd love the commentary. You know, personally, you know, you know me, I'm a big football fan, so obviously uh, I I don't mind it. Uh, You know, he puts over Dr. Death, the the former football player, which we've heard a million times from Bill Watts, so we don't need to hear that anymore. But uh, Jim also mentions that Dr. Death is still interested in playing football this year as he's talking about football. And he says uh, he may try out for the Oklahoma Outlaws of the USFL. So lots of talk there about that. And it's just, you know, I'm assuming, I don't know if JR has been listening to the program when Watts is on commentary. I'm assuming he is, but, you know, I'm sure he's taking that direction from Watts. Hey, keep putting over Steve's you know, football and wrestling career. So a lot, like you said, lots and lots to talk about football during this episode and as it pertains to Dr. Death. Dr. Death and Magnum TA win a belly-to-belly suplex from TA on Rip Rogers, who always looks good in the ring. And then we get the big match. Hacksaw Butch Reed, non-title match, he's the North American champion, against Hacksaw Duggan, Rick Ferreira, the referee, the Battle of the Hacksaws. Let's get the opening moments of the match, including the abbreviated introduction from Reeser Bowden. And now a special challenge match, the Battle of the Hacksaws. This is a non-title event for one fall or remaining television time. And if Hacksaw Duggan wins this bout, it has been agreed that he will get five minutes alone without a referee in the ring with General Skandor Akbar. At 260 pounds. Rick Ferreira called for the bell, Jim. He sure did, boy. This match started off. Jim Dugan comes in the ring, and I guarantee you, you talk about short bowling points. He's got one. He's got a very short fuse, and he's going right after Bruce Reed. Hacksaw Butch Reed, they call him. Hacksaw Reed, and Dugan's going to show him once and for all who the real Hacksaw is. You know, it's it's exciting to be here to watch a match of this caliber because Grizzly Smith has put together a tremendous card highlighted by this match that we're seeing right now. This could be a main event in any arena in America. And this is exactly the reason that Mid-South Wrestling is the number one wrestling program in the country. The fans get to see the main events right here on television. And this certainly can be a main event anywhere in the country. And remember, this is a first for Mid-South Television. A first for Mid-South Television because if if Dugan wins in any shape, form, or fashion, if Dugan gets his hand raised in this match, we will immediately go to a commercial break, and when we come back, Jim Dugan will get five minutes alone with no referee, just Jim Dugan and Skandar Akbar in the ring, 
and it'll be man-to-man, -man, and hopefully they'll settle something there once and for all. I know that Jim Dugan, I talked with him today. He looked forward to this match. I talked to him early this morning. He's thought about this match for hours, and he is really ready. He's geared up. He's psyched up and ready to go. But one thing you can't do, you can't take anything away from the great North American champion. I don't agree with his tactics. I don't agree with his personality. But Bruce Reed is the champion, and he is a great competitor, a great athlete, a former linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, a junior college and small college All-American linebacker. He is an athlete, and he is taking it to the 275-pound man from New York City right now. Well, there you hear it, Mike, the opening minutes of this match. As we talked about earlier, Jim Ross can't stop calling him Bruce Reed. He's having a real difficult time calling him Butch Reed. A couple of times he corrects himself. I don't know if Bill Watts is behind him saying, it's Butch, Butch. But a few times he corrects himself, but he's having a difficult time there. What are your thoughts on the opening minutes of this match? We have a good old-fashioned Mid-South Slugfest, for one. Got to point that out, it's obvious. The crowd was amped and ready, as you heard in the introduction. We got to point out our, our old friend, <laughs> Reeser Bowden, because he's still going through the intros when Duggan hits the ring, and I don't think it registered in him at first. Duggan's <laughs> about to go to town, and Reeser's standing in the middle of the ring holding the mic like he doesn't realize that there's being shots fired. And then when he realizes, he's like, oh, damn, I got to get the hell out of here. So I thought that was tremendous. but. Overall, the people were ready for this war, and uh, they, these two aren't disappointing. Look, if you like uh, technical wrestling hole for hole, you ain't going to get it here. These two, they're throwing haymakers, soup bones, all those things. I mean, it, it, they're going after each other. It's just a fight. It's an old, old ballroom brawl. Well, let's hear some more audio from this match. The end of the match, the last few minutes of the match, Hacksaw Butch Reed and Hacksaw Duggan. Reed sent Dugan into the ropes. Dugan came underneath the clothesline, the attempted clothesline. Now Dugan's trying to take over. Dugan with that double chop, and Reed's knees are wobbly. Reed's down, and Dugan's on top for the one-two. Jim, another thing we missed and defended home in the introduction when we didn't get it all underway and said and done, all the matches after this will be standby matches because this is for one fall with television time remaining. Grizzly Smith giving them plenty of time to settle the arguments in the Battle of Hacksaws. The referee took a stiff shot right there by Bruce Street. Now on the concrete he goes. So we've got both men in the ring with no referee. Jim Dugan with a real high backdrop to Reed and Reed's trying to get to his feet. Reed's a fighter. Reed's a fighter, but look at the football stance. There's Espear and he got it firmly planted on the skull of Bruce Reed. He's been down. Reed's down for more than three. Reed's been down for five or six, but there's no referee and Akbar's blowing a whistle. General Skandar Akbar is coming to the ring blowing a whistle, and Jim Dugan is unloading on him now. Dugan is unloading on, Dugan is unloading on. And look what answered the whistle, Jim. Here comes Kamala. Here comes Kamala and the referee, Ricky Ferreira comes to the ring. Ricky Ferreira, and there goes the big splash, the big splash, and they're holding Dugan. They're holding Dugan. Reed and Akbar are holding Dugan, 385 pounds, coming down on Dugan, and now they're turning him over. They're turning Dugan over, 385 pounds in the second row. They're trying to injure Jim Dugan, and they're doing the job right here. Jim Dugan, all three men working on Jim Dugan, but Dugan has won the match by disqualification. 
Dugan has won the match by disqualification. In comes Art Cruz. In comes George Weingroff. And out they go. Out they go as quickly as they came in. The referee's calling for the bell. We have a disqualification. The winner of the match is Hacksaw Jim Dugan. The winner of the match is Dugan, Kamala, and Bruce Reed, and General Skandar Akbar triple teaming Dugan. But Dugan has won the match. Dugan has won the match. But will he be able to continue? Will Jim Dugan be able to well, continue? Well, he's got General Skandar Akbar for five minutes immediately after this break. If he's able, we'll return right after this important message. Well, there it is. The closing minutes of the match. We'll talk about that in a second, Mike, but it's not just that he calls him Bruce Reed. Now he's calling him Hacksaw Dugan, Jim Dugan. So he's getting everyone's name wrong here on his return to Mid-South Wrestling this week. Well, you know, you got to replicate Bill Watts when it comes to the Dugan talk. <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, you know, it wouldn't be a Mid-South big-time match without a, a referee taking a bump. I think we've uh, seen that established now. Ricky Ferrara takes a nice bump to the outside when uh, Butch Reed uh, goes flying into him thanks to Duggan uh, hitting Reed, and and that's why Ricky Ferrar fell. You know, Duggan, the point here, got to make it, Duggan's got Reed pinned. You know, he hits him with the spear. Reed is down. He's not getting up. Akbar starts blowing his whistle <laughs> and calling his troops, which I don't know. And then Akbar, I guess he has some false confidence because he thinks his troops are going to be out there sooner rather than later, comes in a ring, and Duggan just lays him out and body slams him. Then Kamala's down there, and Friday's on the outside. They eventually, as you heard, they get the best of Butch Reed. They're beating him down. Uh, we get, I think, Art Cruz and George Weingroff hit the ring to try to help make the save. JYD and two finally come down to the ring. They clear the ring. But Duggan, he just got just viciously attacked by Kamala, Reed, and Akbar. So he's he's out. He's down for the count. And, and I think Kamala probably splashed him a good five, maybe six times. Uh, on the front end back. So he's he's beat down pretty damn good. So we got something that's going to happen here because the deal was if Duggan won, he was supposed to get five minutes with Akbar. remember? Well, Duggan technically won because Ricky Ferrar did end up throwing the match out, DQ'd the Reed. So we got to see what's going to happen here. You know, how, how the heck is Duggan going to get five minutes with Akbar at this point? Because he's, he's kind of stretched out. Well, he's not stretched out, but he's laid out. He's not doing too well in the ring. And you heard the crowd go crazy when the Junkyard Dog and Magnum TA finally hit the ring. Really goes, you know, you don't hear it anymore, but shows you how important it is just to ring that bell while chaos is happening. Ring that bell almost like you're calling someone to come to the ring and help the fallen wrestler. But coming out of that, like you said, as they promised us, after the commercial break, if Jim Duggan gets his hand raised in any fashion and he just won via disqualification, he gets five minutes with General Skandar Akbar. Let's go to this. You can see before the commercial break. Where you at, Duggan? Where you at, Duggan? I'm ready for you now. Come on, Duggan. Hacksaw Duggan did indeed I'm win his the match. I'm better than you are, Duggan. I'm king of the Mid-South. Yes, you souped-up hippie. I was a North American champion, and I'm ready. Where you at, Duggan? I can tell you, you can see I'm just broken. I'm ready to wrestle. Where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? Where's everybody at? <laughs> Well, as I said, you can see that Hacksaw Duggan did win the match. Yes, you get out of the mid-south. It was stipulated that he was to meet Skandor Akbar here in the ring without a referee. But you could also see that Hacksaw Duggan was rather severely injured. Always one step ahead of mid-south and you, you clammy hippie. 
That'll teach you a lesson to stick your big bubble stoves in my business, Duggan. That's a lesson for you to learn, and you'll live it the rest of your life. Well, I've just received word that Hacksaw Duggan is unable to wrestle. He had his opportunity to meet Skandor Akbar, but he was unable to come out to the ring. So, that one is scratched maybe another time. So we'll go on to the next match. Well, there it is. The great job by Reese Bowden of moving on with the show. <laughs> While referee Johnny Martinez tells him that Duggan can't wrestle, standby match. And then Reese just, all right, so we'll just move on to the next match. I do love Akbar. At first, I popped when he called him a souped-up hippie. But then he called Hacksaw Duggan a clammy hippie. And I like that yes. even more. What did you think of all this, Mike? <laughs> Dude, Akbar is tremendous here. He's out there having fun. He's, ah, I told you, Duggan, you clammy hippie. <laughs> you clammy hippie, <laughs> which is which is great. Uh, then he with your big Baba Snows. I mean, he's going off. It's it's tremendous. He's ripping the shirt off. He's got his big hairy chest out, his big barrel chest. Because this is one thing about Akbar, man. He was a short guy, but I mean, he was he was built like a tank up top. I mean, he just had that big chest, big wide chest, shoulders and whatnot. Just so he wasn't a small dude. But we we have to point out that when Akbar is is in all of his glory, cutting this promo. We do get a few Reeser Bowden smirks and smiles. It's as tremendous as you're watching. Oh, God. Will Watson's got to be thinking, can you not smile while this man is cutting this serious promo, Reeser? I thought this was good. I loved it. And you're right. What the heck's going to happen? We were promised five minutes, but Duggan's too hurt. So what do you do now? For the time being, they move to the next batch. But we got to stay tuned to see what ends up happening. Well, the next match we get is Ted DiBiase and King Kong Bundy versus Tim Horner and Mr. Wrestling 2, Johnny Martinez, the referee. Let's hear from Boyd and Jim Ross about this Duggan situation as well as the opening minutes of this match. I jumped in in the middle of the introduction. That shows how excited I am. This is professional wrestling at its very best. I know Hacksaw Duggan has been waiting all this time since the arrival of Butch Reed as the other Hacksaw in Mid-South to settle, and then he had that plum waiting in front of him, and he won the right to meet General Skandor Akbar Jim, but he's unable to fulfill it, and I know he's very disappointed. That's exactly right, Boyd, and as I said earlier, I talked to Jim Duggan earlier today, and, and he was so excited about this match, and he won the match. He won the match, got his hand raised, but you saw General Skandar Akbar, the devious nature and the unorthodox tactics that, that he will implore. And Akbar is, uh, well, Akbar is in, in a category by himself. But we've got a great match at hand right here with four outstanding competitors. And we've got two of the best in all the wrestling business in the ring right now. And the infamous Mr. Wrestling 2 and Ted DiBiase. And DiBiase tags out and in comes the massive 420-pound King Kong Bundy, the king of Atlantic City. But he's got a pit bulldog in his hands right now. And Mr. Wrestling, too, and in comes one of the most improved wrestlers in all of the Mid-South area, the very popular young Tim Horner. Well, this is a four-man confrontation tag team action. The Big Cheese, Ted DiBiase, and Devastation Incorporated, Giant King Kong Bundy against the popular duo, the veteran Mr. Wrestling, too, and the rising high-flying star, Tim Horner. The man with a million-dollar knee lift, Mr. Wrestling number two, just... Gave King Kong Bundy a sample of that knee lift, and now they're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe in the ring. Bundy, 420 pounds, quite a competitor. 
Well, there we hear at the opening minutes of the match, as well as a follow-up on what we previously heard and saw with Skandar Akbar and Hacksaw Duggan. DiBiase and Bundy end up winning after a splash on Horner after DiBiase hits him from behind. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike? I'm going to praise Tim Horner, taking some nice bumps, looking really good, making DiBiase and Bundy look great. Got to give credit where credit's due. I thought great commentary by JR, too. We can see that Bundy and Horner are much, you know, different in sizes. But I thought JR mentioning, as he pointed out the weights, you know, he's like, Horner is 220, Bundy is 420. Now, I don't know if Bundy's really 420 right here, but I just like that aspect of the commentary. We can see these are two guys who are much different in size. You know, one of them is much smaller. But when you when you quote, hey, you got a guy 420 versus a guy 220, to me, it helps paint the picture of, you know, how Horner giving away 200 pounds is a huge difference. Again, I don't think Bundy's 420 here, but the point being, you know, Ross doing a good job of, of painting that picture. Does Jim Ross seem a bit nervous to you this week? I wouldn't say nervous, but to me, you can, you can see he's still a young announcer. He's not what he would become. I feel like that when I watch early JR in Mid-South. It's just, He's just not well seasoned yet, and I know he's I know he's done commentary before and other places, but uh, or I don't say other places, but I know he's done commentary before in Mid South. I just think he's I think oh, and I, other places he was commentator for Leroy McGurk's company, Tri State. Well, see, there you go. So, I mean, I I just think he's just young and and he's still he's still figuring it out and finding his way. And and look, it's intimidating to work for Bill Watts. So I, maybe that's part of what you're hearing in his voice. Maybe a little apprehension there. I don't know. I, I think that might be what you're getting. I just think I think he's still young and he's still trying to figure it out and still trying to find his way. Coming out of that, we get another interview with Skandar Akbar, and this time his latest charge, the missing link. Of course, the question on everyone's mind: What's his first name? I don't know if anyone's asking that question, but let's get the answer right now. Wrestling fans, the past few weeks there's been a mysterious man on the scene here in the Mid South wrestling area, known only as the Missing Link. We know very little about this very impress impressive specimen. He's a tremendous wrestling machine, and we will learn more about him. He has a name. General Skandar Akbar taped an interview earlier. Let's hear his comments regarding the missing link now. I want to make one point crystal clear. This man is not insane. He has never been in any institution whatsoever. He's as sane as all of you people watching television right at this moment. And he does have a name. His name is Max. Max who, you ask? That's all you need to know at present. You know, this man is not crazy because there's a fine line between insanity and being a genius. This man is a genius. He's just different than anything that you've ever seen at Mid-South and all the opposition. I want you to know one thing. He could cause all of you to have split personalities because this man is tenacious. As I've said before, he is not crazy and he does have a name. It's Max. And that's all you need to know right now. Well, there we hear it. The Missing Link's name is Max. What did you think of that as a kid when you saw it, Mike? Well... One, I have to agree with you. No one was wondering what his name was because his name was the missing link. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it'd have been like um, if somebody, it'd have been like if when they introduced Kamala, they were like, everybody wants to know what his name is. And like, well, it's Larry. His name's Larry Kamala. <laughs> I mean, what's it just James Harris, you know? Yeah, it doesn't really do it, you know? What's the missing link's name? Max. Oh, he's Max, the missing link. Yeah. Honestly, I, I didn't think much of it, the, the name thing. Now, I will tell you this. 
you you talked about on the experience when Kamala died, like Kamala was just that wrestler that just scared the hell out of me. Link scared me too, not in the same way Kamala did, but Link scared me. He really did. And I'm, I'm going to point something out when we get to the match in a second with him and Johnny Rich, but, but Link really did scare me. Well, we get this match. The missing Link, by the way, Reeser doesn't call him Max here, but the missing Link versus Johnny Rich, Rick Ferreira. The referee, you just brought up the match. Mike, I'll let you give the description and talk about what happened here. Yeah, like you said, you got Missing Link versus Johnny Rich. So early in the match, Link is on the floor after uh, kind of rolling out and powdering out the ring. And he pulls he pulls Johnny Rich out. And he's got Johnny Rich's you know, underneath the, the ropes on the outside. And Rich has got his head and neck exposed. And Link starts clobbering him in the, in like the you know, the throat chest area. And there's a fan. I can't tell if it's a young girl or a lady. It's hard to tell due to the resolution back then. She sees Link going to town. Oh, it's a lady. I'll jump in right now. It's a lady. Okay, so this lady, she covers her face and just in fear. Like, she's like the horror. Like, I mean, you'd have thought Link had taken a knife and just stabbed him in the throat. The way she kind of covers her face and just in fear. So I wanted to point that out, man. Like, Link is, uh, he scared me. He is believable. He is believable as they come. So that's what I wanted to say is, is in the very early going of this match. I took it as maybe she liked Johnny Rich and didn't want to see him brutalized the way he was just brutalized by the missing Link. The missing Link pins Johnny Rich after a headbutt off the second rope to the kidneys. But we are then informed that the decision was reversed because the Link kept attacking Rich after the match. So Johnny Rich technically wins via disqualification. Yep, that was, um, I was trying to remember if we've seen that before in Mid-South. I don't remember off the top of my head. And of course, as I say that, someone on Twitter will say, no, Mike, you missed it. It happened here. But uh, you're right, Link wins, but he's DQ'd after because he wouldn't stop attacking Johnny Rich. The next match we have... The Junkyard Dog versus Mike McGee, Johnny Martinez, the referee. A quick match with the JYD winning with the thump. Any thoughts or notes? One quick note. This Mike McGee guy, he is from uh, Arab, Alabama. It's a real place. It's north of Birmingham in the uh, north <laughs> northeast area of the state. I, I purposely looked it up. I had never heard of <laughs> And Brian, you know, just so you know, I mean, I have driven through many, many roads through the South, whether it's Louisiana, Mississippi, you know, northern, southern, southern Alabama, northern Alabama. I, I've I've been on most of those highways. And I was like, hmm, I've never heard of the town of Arab, Alabama. Let me look it up. Sure enough, it was a real place. It's to the north of Birmingham in the north, northeast area of the state. I didn't look up any demographics or anything, but uh, it is definitely a real place. Coming out of that, we get our next match, a debut in Mid-South Wrestling. Crusher Darso versus Art Cruz, Rick Ferreira, the referee. Let's hear some audio from Jim Ross on this newcomer to Mid-South Wrestling, Crusher Darso. And Art Cruz trying to go right after Crusher Darso, and it didn't even face the big man, 303 pounds. This man went into seclusion, boy, and he went into seclusion for three years in the north woods of Minnesota. He became a bouncer in a bar, saw a Mid-South Wrestling tape in the bar room on television. This is where he wanted to come. He wants to make a name for himself. Look at the tremendous strength of this man. Crusher Darso, 303 pounds. 
a man that has got a tremendous background in football and ice hockey. He's very agile. He's been a logger. He's been a hunter. And he's got that overhead backbreaker, the backbreaker, and they're calling for the bell. They're calling for the bell. Ricky Ferrar is calling for the bell. And Crusher Darso, in quick fashion, has disposed of Art Cruz in his debut here on Mid-South Wrestling. We'll hear more from Crusher Darso, all 303 pounds of him. Well, there it is. Crusher Darso with a victory in his debut match on Mid-South TV, wearing cut-off jeans, Daisy Dukes. I don't know what you want to call them, but not a very good look. Amazing how many of these guys came out of Minnesota. You know, the Road Warriors and Rick Rude and Crusher Darso, at least two of them came out in denim. You know, when Road Warrior Animal debuted, he was dressed like the biker from the village people. Not the biker. I guess technically the biker from the village people. But then eventually he's wearing just jeans. And now here's Crusher Darso in his cutoffs. What do you think of the look of Crusher Darso here? There are a couple of things. He's got to, basically got some Daisy Dukes on with a rope for a belt. Very interesting. Uh, get up. Because <laughs> those shorts are short, Brian. Can you admit that? They're really short. It, like I said, it's a really bad look. You know what's tough about, uh, not tough, but interesting about, you know, you and I do classic wrestling shows. I mean, this is that's what we do. And we do these recaps or, you know, like you on a 605, you, you talk about old things in wrestling. And what's interesting here is, so again, I say it all the time, you got two mindsets. You got one of the mindset of like, if you're watching this for the first time and you've never seen this guy before, and you also have no knowledge of all the people he would end up becoming. So you see him as Crusher Darso and you take it at face value when you first see it as a kid, or at least I did. And then I think now, like after watching him, you know, here's his debut. He, he dominates. I mean, he beats our Cruz quickly. He does that overhead backbreaker of sorts, almost kind of like, um, I think Mike, Mike Sharp had a, a, that, that same finisher, right, Brian? Somewhat similar like that? Somewhat similar. A little different. Yeah, somewhat similar. A little different, right. But uh, my point being, like, you see, you see these guys at different stages. So, like, this is the first time I see Darso. So now, as a being an you know, older man now, I've had the chance now to see all the other incarnations of Darso, which, I mean, what, Blacktop Bully, uh, Crusher Khrushchev, frickin' Repo Man. Like, you think of all the things he's been smashed, I guess. Uh, it's just amazing, like, when you look at all of the things he's been since then. So, on the surface, when I first saw this guy coming to Mid-South, I'm like, oh, man, what a, this guy seems like he means business. And then you think of everything you've seen from him over the years. It's like, they made him, you know, he went from this, which is a serious character. And he was a serious character as Crusher Khrushchev, too. I don't want to say he wasn't. But then, I mean, he, he ends up being Repo Man many years later and Blacktop Bully. It's just amazing when you think about the different transformations we see from all these guys that we see where, you know, I don't want to say they all got their starts in Mid-South, but it's just amazing when you think about uh, where this guy was in 83 versus where you would see him just a few years later. It's, it's just incredible, the transformation. Well, coming out of that, we get some recaps from quite a while back, the beginning of 1983. Ted DiBiase and Matt Bourne versus Tony Atlas and Andre the Giant. This is the match where Kamala body slams and bloodies up. Andre the Giant. This is the build to another series of house show matches. I know they wrestled, I think, in September in Mid-South Wrestling. One thing of note is that when you see the Junkyard Dog earlier in the show and then you see him here, you realize just how much his look has changed in just 1983. Because this is the beginning of 1983 and you just saw the dog earlier and it looks like two different people. 
I totally agree with you there on dog. I, as a note, I posted this when Kamala died. I posted this to um, Twitter again and then on the uh, Book in the Territory Facebook page, just saying, hey, you know, remember when Kamala slammed Andre? Going back to your point, though, about dog and his look. I was telling Doc and Harper on BTT a while back because we're to the point where Dog has actually left in 89 and WCW, NWA. It's amazing to see the transformation because you and I complain, or not complain, but we point out his body and how, how it looks around this point in 83, right? And then I see him in 89, and I'm like, man, he looks even worse. So it's like, it's just, it's incredible when you see it. And then to think he's going to come back in 90, and this is off topic, and he's going to even be fatter. It's a shame, and I hate it because that's people like to point to that. Certain journalists like to point to that as, you know, why JYD is not worthy of certain accolades, allocates. But it's, it's a shame because Dog is, he was such a tremendous talent. And you and I are literally witnessing week by week the weight gain, you know, whether it's three pounds here, four pounds there. Then you look back at this clip, like you just pointed out, you can see the difference. And this is not even that long ago. And by the way, then he returned in 92 to WCW and he was even heavier than he was in 1990. Yeah. It's hard to watch. I mean, to be honest, because you, you and I have seen the, the dog at his best and we know everything he was capable of in the houses that he packed to see him then in 89 and 90 and 92. And it doesn't even look like, I mean, you know, it's him, but you're like, Man, this is this is sad. Like that's how that's that's what comes out of my mind, out of my mouth every time I see it. Like this is sad. And that's all you can say. It's it's sad. Well, coming out of that recap, we also get the interview that Andre did after he got bloodied up and body slammed with Cowboy Bill Watts. A bloody Andre the Giant aggressive grabs Bill Watts by the lapels. But something to watch here. You brought up Reese Bowden. We both did earlier in the show. I had forgotten, or maybe I missed this the first time around. But at the very end of the interview, Andre walks off and he throws a chair. Bill Watts looks at the camera. Reeser makes this face in the background that you have to go back and see. It's so ridiculous. Again, there's heavy situations happening. And he's like lifting his eyebrows like, huh, look at this. So worth going out of your way to see. I'm clipping, I'm clipping this and putting it on Twitter. <laughs> You got an angry giant and Bill Watts looks kind of scared and damn, you know, I mean, not many people can do that to me and get away with it. Right. And Reeser Bowden, as they pan to the left, is staring at the camera and he raises both eyebrows like. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nothing scares him. Nothing worries him. He's always tranquil. <laughs> it's great stuff there, but we then get our last <laughs> match on this week's show. Mike Jackson and Joshua Stroud versus Doug Vines and Randy Barber. Johnny Martinez, the referee. The match ends with a power slam from Stroud on the Barber. I have to say, watching this match, Stroud doesn't seem to know exactly what he's doing. I'm guessing he has just been trained and barely trained at that. But you go watch the things that he's doing. He doesn't know the basics. What did you think watching this match? Same thing. And Joshua Stroud, he looks like a million dollars. I mean, we need to point that out, man. He, great physique. Oh, my God. Looks great. I've seen Joshua Stroud 
in not only Mid-South, but NWA Saturday Night on the old TBS show where he's uh, in the studio. And he looks a lot better than he looks here. So I did think to myself, and I didn't look this up, and I, I, I don't know a lot about Joshua Stroud's career as far, when he, as far as when he started. But I don't know when he started, but it looks like this was right around the time based on this match. Because he certainly looks a lot better. I think in, like, I don't know if it's 86, 87-ish time frame when he's on Saturday night and he's doing, he's doing uh, some enhancement talent matches. He looks a lot better in those matches than he does here. He, he truly looks lost here uh, in the ring. He, he really does. I mean, there's no other way to say it, man. I mean, Doug Vines and Randy Barber, Mike Jackson, they look fine. I mean, they're, they're not great, but, well, Mike Jackson's tremendous. But I, I, it's something you could tell Stroud seems a little lost, and he's just, he's just not sure of himself right now. He looks the best, but he's clearly the least qualified in the ring. I'm guessing he was brought to the taping with Mike Jackson, which is probably how he got to the TBS tapings as well, but we'll see what the future holds for him. But with that, we wrap up another episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Any closing thoughts or notes about this episode, Mike? Interesting stuff throughout. I mean, we still got to figure out what goes on with Duggan and Akbar and Reed because we technically didn't get a payoff from it all. I mean, we we saw Duggan win, but we don't, I mean, we don't, we don't really know anything else at this point. And I felt like also, you know, as we saw all those recaps with Andre and whatnot and Kamala, I kind of kind of needed some things to fill in some time here. So we'll have to see what's going on in the territory as we go through the next few weeks. We did see the debut of Crusher Darso. So we'll see more from him, obviously, in the future. And I think we got some other debuts coming as well uh, in the next uh, or maybe weeks and months. So interesting episode. Uh, we de- we definitely got to stay tuned, though, because we don't know what's going to happen with Duggan and Akbar. I mean, they, they, we need to see a payoff. We need to see those five minutes. So let's see what happens here. Well, on that note, once again, want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash ArcadianVanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory? Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike504Saints. Like Brian says, I like to post various clips of the shows that we review there for you all to enjoy as well. Also, uh, come listen to Booking the Territory twice per week. Uh, You can find us at tinyurl.com slash bttpod or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. We are the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct, but we still have a great time on that show talking old school Southern wrestling. Right now, we're getting to the middle portion of 1989 with our NWA Saturday Night on TBS recaps. Uh, We also did the full run of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, just like Brian and I do here with Mid-South. We did all 200 episodes of Smoky Mountain Wrestling from episode one through 200 on that show. And uh, it, it was a good time. So you can search, again, tinyurl.com slash Pod as we enjoy old school Southern classic wrestling. Brian, this was another fun episode. I'm still anxious to see what happens with Akbar and Duggan. But for now, I guess we'll have to stay tuned and see what happens in weeks to come. That's exactly right. But until then, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jace Nakarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.